All right, welcome back into the Undraftables podcast. Kate Carlton, Kate Livingston with you as uh, we're pleased to be joined by Jenna Lawrence, who committed to the University of Arkansas to play next-level basketball this week. Jenna, thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, first off, uh, and we'll kind of bounce around here, but, you know, first off, uh, you know, just want to kind of talk about uh, the choice to go to the University of Arkansas obviously had some offers from different places, but you know what was it about Arkansas, Coach Neighbors, the staff, whatever that kind of drew you in to commit there this week? Uh, I just felt like Arkansas was the place for me. You know, uh, I'm from a home, uh, my hometown is in Arkansas, and uh, I've always wanted to be a Lady Razorback, and I just really feel like I just want to represent my hometown and state as a Lady Razorback. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, most kids that grow up in the state um, and have the opportunity to play at Arkansas, that's, you know, that's kind of their same mindset. Um, what is it about Coach Neighbors and the staff that they have up there that made you feel comfortable enough at such a young age to go ahead and get it over with? Uh, I just I just love Coach Neighbors and his staff. I love how he treats his players, you know, like he, he has their backs and he cares for them so much and – um, his staff is just so fun to be around, and I just I felt like I fit in very well. What was it kind of about that fit uh, that really drew you into Arkansas? Um, I like their style of play. I like how they uh, play their offense. And um, I had some conversations with Coach Neighbors, and he said that he uh, he will use me very well in his offense, and I just I trust him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Kate and I are pretty familiar with Coach Neighbors and his offense from, you know, him recruiting a lot over the past couple of years and 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 all that. You know, they they like to shoot a lot of threes and yes. they space the floor. Um, you know, and I really think that with your size and ability to shoot, that just fits perfect into what they want to do. Like we always talked about with Ilana, like there was. I don't know if we could have found a better fit for Ilana than Arkansas. And I really feel like that's the case here. Um, you know, with you committing, you're just a sophomore. Um, what are some things that you're looking to, to improve your, you know, on your, in your game? And then what do you feel like your strengths are about your game right now? Um, definitely some things I need to improve on is my defense, you know, like staying low on defense and my ball handling, staying low keeping the ball low whenever I've dribbled the ball, um, mainly those things. And my and my strength, too. I need to work on my strength, getting stronger and more physical. Um, my strengths are I, I can pretty much score anywhere on the court. I can post up or I can shoot the three. I have a pretty good mid-range jumper, and um, I can go – Anywhere I can play any spot. <laughs> Being able to play, uh, you know, obviously we all kind of know each other through Woods and AAU, but, uh, you know, being able to play AAU and kind of being able to play different positions, do different things, just how much has AAU kind of helped you grow and become a better player? Oh, it's helped me a lot. It's helped me since I play, like, such high-level competition. It's helped me get ready for, for I think, the collegiate level. 
and just to um, be able to play just at the high level. And uh, I just, I really enjoy playing AAU ball. Uh, so, I, you know, you got to work out some this summer with Ilana. Yes. Eaton, um, and I was able to, uh, you know, kind of set some of that up, you know, at our super secret gym here in Jonesboro. Um, <laughs> you know, if you if you want some good work, hit me up. We, there's always work going down at the super secret gym. Um, <laughs> but being able to work out with Ilana and see her work ethic, see the way she approached the game, what did you take from, from E, you know, and try to apply to your game? Uh, I really opened my eyes how, um, how, like, I look at her and I look at, like, what I want to be and uh, how good she was and how prepared she was to go to Arkansas and, like, how, how much she worked. Like, she worked every single day. She went to the gym every day and worked, like, a couple workouts a day. And I just – I really looked up to her, and I uh, want to be like her. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to join her in a couple of years. Uh, you know, Caleb, Caleb sent uh, the video of the phone call – I guess the beginning of the phone call you had with Coach Neighbors last Friday when you told him you were going to commit just uh, – you know, what was kind of that phone call like and, you know, hearing his reaction, obviously he was really excited, but, you know, what was kind of that <laughs> phone call like and telling him you were going to commit to Arkansas? Oh, uh, well, I first called uh, Coach Love and then we kind of like, she put him on. We had like a three-way call and we just like had just a random talk and then he asked me um, what I called and I just said, I'm ready to be a Lady Razorback and um, he asked me to say it again and then I was like, I'm committing to Arkansas I want to be a lady Razorback and then he just like went crazy him and coach love I love their reactions <laughs> yeah you know and I mean that's you know coach Naves has got a couple big time in-state commitments the last few years um you know with getting Alana to sign he's got Jersey Wolfenberger committed for 2021 um there's a couple kids that are looking at the 22 class and then obviously you know he's going after Chloe Clarity um and also in your class, you know, do you have a relationship with any of those other girls? I think, you know, I think you said Jersey texted you, um, I guess, Saturday morning. Yes. Um, you know, and, and like, do you, do you get to talk to them? Like, how hard are you going to start recruiting Chloe to join you, you know, up on the hill? And, yeah. And how special would that be? That would be really cool. Yeah, I've had a conversation with um, all of the people that you've mentioned. And me and Chloe are actually, uh, we're pretty good friends. And, um, yeah, that, I think that would be great for all to be teammates. That would be really fun. And me and Jersey are actually going to play against each other this upcoming season in November, our two high school teams. And I'm really excited for that, too. Wow. So I, how fun will that be to play against Jersey this That's, fall? It's going to be so fun. I'm really pumped because uh, I've, only, I've only watched her play once. I've seen, of course, I've seen like a whole, a whole bunch of highlight clips of her but I've only watched her play once at the Peak and White tournament last year. So just getting to play against her and knowing that she's going to be my teammate in the couple in the next years, it's just it's really awesome. Well, that's, that's one of those deals, too. Like, if COVID wasn't a thing, that would be a packed gym. Yes, yes, it would. COVID's a thing? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I got one more. You know, obviously, Melbourne's back-to-back -back state champions. You know, y'all return a lot this year. Um I think anybody that's got a, any kind of clue about Arkansas basketball will say that, you know, y'all should, you know, go for the three-peat. But yes, <laughs> we, we know your team goals, but what, what are your individual goals for the season? Like, what are you 
you know, I, I'm not looking for how many points you want to average, but but what are you looking to 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 get out of this season individually? Yeah, uh, well, obviously, like you said, um, my one of my goals is just to help lead the team to a three-peat, but um, I'm really just – I'm working on getting stronger, like I said earlier, just getting my body stronger, more physical, getting ready to play at the college level, just pre- preparing myself to be an Arkansas player and um, just working on my skill level and, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, last thing I got, uh, you know, I just want to talk a little bit. I know he won't take a lot of credit for it, but, you know, how much uh, was my co-host Caleb, how much did he kind of help you in this recruiting process and, you know, just ch- trying to kind of pick the right school and whatnot? Oh, yeah, I I would not be where I'm at right now without Caleb. He's done every almost everything for me, and he's just helped me through the whole entire recruitment process, and I'm so thankful for him. Well, there you well, go, Caleb. I- I appreciate kind words and it's, you know, it's, it takes a village and, you know, I wasn't the only one that was involved in it. Super proud of the progress she's made and can't wait to see how much better she continues to get. And then obviously when she gets on the Hill, it's going to be fun to see, you know, I've, I've been able to coach. Um, I think by the time you get up there, I would have coached. I think Marquisha Davis might be a senior. Um, I coached her. Obviously, Coach Ilana, I've coached Jersey before, um, and you. And um, so it's going to be really cool to see all those kids together. And, yeah. and it's, it's really special to see what Naves is building up there. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be really good this year, even though, you know, unfortunately, Ilana got hurt. But they're still going to be good. Um, no telling who he's going to be able to bring back next year. So Coach has got it rolling. You know, his staff has been great for everybody. And it's just uh, – it's really cool to see him do it with a bunch of Arkansas kids, too. Right. Yep, no doubt. Uh, well, Jenna, congrats on uh, committing this week to Arkansas. Uh, can't wait to watch you finish out your high school years and to be up on the hill in a few years. And uh, thanks for coming on with Kate, us. Kate, I do Thank have you. one more thing. I, I, yeah. we got to just make sure everybody knows this. Um, Cade has one of these, and I have one. Like, our state championship rings are better than yours, so it's okay, Jim. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But, I don't know. Ours are way cooler. It's okay. I don't like, know about that. It's okay. Like you can have the commitment to Arkansas. Me and Kate didn't get to do that, so we'll take the rings. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's, not that. it's it's been fun to see everyone else's rings over the past few months and be like, uh, ours are better. I mean, yeah, no big deal. It's okay. Hey, you tried. That's all that counts. No. Uh, again, well, Jenna, congrats on the commitment to Arkansas. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you. And um, I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Welcome in Undraftables podcast. Back for the first time in a couple of weeks. Kate, weeks. Kate Carlton, Caleb Livingston, Chris Brown with What's you. What's up? Here on this uh, Tuesday night, uh, talking a little bit of football, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, we'll have an interview with uh, Jenna Lawrence. We'll play later on uh, in the pod. But uh, before we get into anything, I'll say uh, what's up to uh, Cable Livingston and Chris Brown. What's going on, man? It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, it's it's been the last time we talked. There's been a lot of stuff go on in yeah. our personal lives but also in the sports world so um cb how's it going oh man it's going great you know i can't 
can't complain one bit. You know, we're just a few days away from the time change. And for me, every time we get to that time change, it means basketball season. So I can't complain one bit. I'm with you. I think we're all with you. We're all excited to get uh, high school basketball and then college basketball underway just in a few weeks. So uh, exciting times for sure. Uh, But uh, the last time I guess we were on with you was, I don't know, maybe the Tuesday or the Wednesday before uh, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game a couple of weeks ago in Fayetteville. Uh, Obviously, Arkansas won that game um, because Matt Corral threw six picks. Uh, Y'all were off last week. Ole Miss obviously played last week, and they were the talk of the SEC with um, everything that kind of went down at the end of that game. Uh, But I know y'all want to talk about the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, so let's just get it over with. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet and just give you a whoopig. We told you, but hey, you know. He was a non-believer, Caleb. He's a non-believer in Sam freaking Pittman. Hey, it's okay. Okay, there's a lot of people that were non-believers. I, I, don't, I don't know that if you're a true Arkansas fan that you were 100% a believer in that hire. You, you liked it because you knew Sam was a good guy, but – did you really think we'd be three and one right now? Yeah. Well, I yeah. just I just want to take credit because I after the first drive of the game where Ole Miss got stuffed at the goal line, I texted y'all and said, "Congrats on winning the game." You did. You did say that. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. You did text us and say, oh, "Congrats on winning the game." So touche, Kate Carlton. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, hey, can I give a shout out real quick? You know, Baltimore Orioles coach Jason Smith. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> I guess this might be the last shout out that we have of the Baltimore Orioles, considering baseball season is either going to end tonight or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, here's to the Rays forcing it to a game seven, but um, so that's our final Baltimore Orioles shout out until next year. Yeah, um, hopefully he'll have the opportunity to put another two dollar bet on the <laughs> Orioles and winning the World Series. And for them to not even make the playoffs, even in the expanded playoffs year. Didn't even make it. Hey, you know what? Somebody's got to wear that mantle. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, so, I mean, obviously, um, a lot has gone on uh, since that Ole Miss-Arkansas game kind of went down. Um, I mean, uh, Ole Miss has joined the – screwed by Auburn club that uh, Arkansas was in and even Kentucky to an extent like I you know people don't talk about that Kentucky game enough that Auburn won the first or second game of the year where Kentucky went in and scored the officials said it wasn't a touchdown then they fumbled and Auburn returns at 99 yards for a touchdown and then completely flips the game but I mean basically so does Auburn does, does Auburn have a win this year yeah, basically Auburn's 0-5 at this point mm-hmm. so too <laughs> Every win they have has been marred by controversy. In two of the three wins they have had, the SEC has released a nice little blue graphic saying they committed an officiating error. So, I mean, basically they're 0-5 this year. You know, and and we talked about this before we started recording. Um, you mentioned how Ole Miss had the lead and with about eight minutes to go and, and brings in your backup quarterback and Plumley. Yep. And you go three and out. Arkansas has the lead on Auburn, and we go three straight run plays when we hadn't been running the ball just great. And they knew been, that. Yep. And Felipe had been throwing it well. Why? Why? 
in this day and age, and I, I can't remember who I saw this from, but with these up-tempo offenses, if you have a touchdown lead and have the ball and you're in the four-minute offense, you've got to go score again because yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's too easy. The days of running the clock out, those are over. Like, we, when, why do coaches continue – Everything else has evolved in college football, from the offenses to defenses to, to recruiting. But that part of the game still hasn't. Why is that? Why do coaches well, still think it's just let's run it three times, make them use their timeouts, and only waste 20 seconds and give them like, – like offenses need like 30 seconds to go score these days. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Because 20 years ago, the pass was not really around. Yeah. Well, And here's the thing with Ole Miss Saturday is I thought it was the worst uh, – coached game that Kiffin has had but I say that and the first half was probably the best coach half of football I think he's had it's just it derailed in the second half because what he did you know if you were watching the game Ole Miss got the ball they were driving down the field they were about to score and Matt Corral throws an interception in the end zone when Ole Miss was at the five yard line so Kiffin that another Matt Corral interception yeah his seventh in two weeks but uh (laughs) so Kiffin pulls him and puts Plumlee in and at that point, it was kind of a message. It was, hey, uh, get out of your own head or else. There's another guy on the bench that I can bring in and play quarterback. And I thought it was great. You know, Plumley was in for uh, three plays or so, and then they put Corral back in and Ole Miss goes down the field and scores. Great. But then you keep bringing Plumley back in the game, and Plumley just cannot throw the ball. He, 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 he can't. Every time he's in the game, he's going to run the ball. And so with eight minutes to go, you bring Plumley out, and you go run play no gain, run play for two yards, run play for a loss of yards on the play, and you're off the field in 50 seconds. Like, it just, it just makes no sense. I was all for putting him in to get Corral out of his head, but – at the end of the day, when you bring up a backup quarterback that can't throw the ball, you become pretty one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, obviously, we got screwed. But if if Plumlee's not in the game, if that series is called better and you put Corral in and you at least run some time off the clock, like at that point, maybe it's a different game. And maybe it doesn't get to the point where the – SEC officials in the league office in Birmingham, Alabama, mind you, that's only an hour away from Auburn, can take over. Yeah, you can't leave it up to the officials' hands. We all know that. But if you're Auburn and you're Gus Malzahn, you're sitting there, who, who are you Who are you celebrating? Who are you sending a nice little gift to the last few weeks? I mean, you got to be sent to somebody because, I mean, I don't, like they're not very good. No, they're not. Man. They're awful. Their five-star quarterback is awful. Their their running back is good. I'll give their I'll give their freshman running back. He's pretty good. He's Outside a, of that, he's a tank. His nickname is warranted. I mean, let's be real. They struggled to move the ball against the Ole Miss defense. The Ole Miss defense that gave up eighteen hundred yards to Alabama a few weeks ago and allowed Kyle Trask to throw for 2,000 yards in the opening game. The Ole Miss defense that ranks near the bottom in every statistical category of the Power Five, like they struggled to move the ball. They are not good. They are not good. They should be 0-5 right now. There's no doubt in my mind, and I think everybody's fine there 0-5. I mean, the only – I mean, we talked about the Kentucky game and how a a bad call kind of flipped the momentum. I mean – at least in the second half, they came out and scored points to win that game. Yeah, like, like 
against Arkansas and Ole Miss, like it was legit referees' calls that kept the other team from winning in crunch time, yep. and that's just inexcusable, especially for a league like the SEC. I mean, it's sad that it's getting to that point. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's the big seven, little seven theory that yeah, you know yeah. people have had for years about the SEC of your of your big teams like a Florida, like an Alabama, like an Auburn, like an LSU, like an A and M, whatever. Like they're going to get more calls than an Ole Miss or an Arkansas or a Kentucky or a Mississippi State gets because, I mean, at the end of the day, you want them representing you in the big bowls, especially this year in the COVID year when there's a chance that the conference can beat up on each other. So, I mean, it is what it is, but, I mean, that's well, the bottom line right now. The, the, it started at the beginning of the season when they released the schedule They and they made sure Georgia, Florida, and Alabama were all going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, they, like nobody, they didn't give, they didn't give Arkansas a chance. Yeah, I mean, they got Florida and Georgia. Now, we put a scare into Georgia. I'm not. I mean, are we going to beat Florida? Florida probably not. But I think Florida is a little bit worried about it now. You know? Oh, they definitely should be. And but I mean, Alabama's not going to get beat. No. You know, if they if they do, it'll be in the SEC championship, and they'll still be good enough to make the playoff. So, like they they've taken care of Alabama. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just I don't understand it. Um, you would think that some of these ads of some of the schools that kind of get mistreated would come together and do something about it. But at the end of the day, money talks, and yep. what are you going to do? You going to leave the SEC? No, no. And so, it's like, all right, let's go try to win eight games and know that we're not going to win the league and try to do our, good in baseball or basketball, yeah. and try to take our hundreds of millions of dollars that we get we get for being in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, now we hadn't talked about this. this I wanted to bring this up. So, and I haven't seen the latest, but did y'all see where the Wisconsin quarterback tested positive? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the latest is he. I guess the PCR test was the one you had to do after you initially tested positive, and he tested positive on that. Uh, said he had no symptoms, but now he has to be out for 21 days. Mm. Guys, that's, that is the, – the, can the Big Ten not get out of their way? No, not at all. I mean, well, well, how is it possible that a normal person who tests positive for COVID only has to be quarantined for 10 days – but this dude has to be quarantined for double that at 21 days. And and <laughs> let, let, let's be completely honest, in the SEC, I don't even know if you really have to be quarantined 10 days. If you go three days in a row of negative tests, you get to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, if they only caught it, caught you being positive at the end of your 10 days, you could come back in three days. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. That's the thing. I mean, it sounds like the Big Ten's probably going to have a lawsuit ahead of their hands. Because you know some of these parents are going to hop on there and be like, wait a minute, 21 days? That's not even what Department of Health is recommending. So, well, I, I imagine that being able to change. Uh, yeah, so Graham Mertz quarantined for 21 days after being the standout star last Friday night on Big Ten. Here's the other thing I don't get about the Big Ten, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. How is it possible – that in Cleveland and Cincinnati, 
Well, I don't know about Cleveland, but I know for sure Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing at home with fans in the state of Ohio, but yet Ohio State cannot have fans. And all of these Big Ten states have NFL teams that are playing with fans for the most part, but yet they are prohibiting fans. Like, how? they look like idiots. Yeah, like everything the Big Ten is doing makes them look dumb, especially when you look at the SEC. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes back to they really didn't want football at all. Yeah, and so they're trying to make it to where they it's unwatchable against the season. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. I mean, did y'all watch a Big Ten game? Um, nope. I did because uh, Wisconsin and Illinois was on on Friday night, and so I just I sat back and watched that because I didn't have anything I else to say, do. I will say I did. I did catch the end of the Indiana Penn State game. Yep, I listened to that. Um, I score track Ohio State, but that's about it. Watched a little bit of Michigan Minnesota just because there wasn't like LSU was just beating the brains out of South Carolina. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, college game day is going to Ohio State, Penn State. Does anybody care? Nope. Like, Not after I mean, Penn State lost. I hope Penn State beats Ohio State. That'd be great, but it's not going to happen. But um, I don't know. It's just. And then when does the Pac-12 start? It's not this week, but next week. Isn't yeah. It? Who? The November, yeah. the whatever. But <laughs> here's what I, here's what I don't get. So about the Big Ten. So Wisconsin is down to their, like, third-string quarterback because their second-string quarterback tested positive uh, earlier in the week. So, they're, they're down to their third-string quarterback at this point. So, again, we had this conversation the last time we did this podcast, but what is safer and what is better about going eight straight weeks than the SEC who is giving themselves two COVID weeks in there? I – I don't know that any of us can explain what the Big Ten's trying to do. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's why nobody respects them. It's why nobody jumped on board besides the Pac-12 with them. I, I don't know. Yeah. It I is what it joke. is. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'm just happy we have more football back, and it was a more complete slate on Saturday. Um I mean, honestly, uh, last night, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the Ole Miss-Auburn game and how Arkansas and Ole Miss are in the elite category of being screwed over by Auburn uh, this year. But, uh, I mean, last night, honestly, Twitter was more fun than the Monday Night Football game just because of what Lane Kiffin was doing on Twitter. So, what did y'all think about Lane's response and his press conference and on Twitter last night? I loved every minute of it. I think I think football, I think sports need more of it. No, I, I, I'm with you because, again, I don't think you saw problems in the SEC unless you're vocal about it. And you know, I think mm-hmm. Kiffin, I think Kiffin is one of those guys that you know, like I mean, let's be real. The whole Big Seven, other seven issue in the SEC is never going to be solved because it's it, it's all a money thing. But I think you can make progress on it with somebody like Kiffin who is going to be vocal about it, and every time something happens where he feels like his team is screwed over, like he is going to have an opinion and going to talk about it. But, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. I think the SEC is better with Lane Kiffin in it just because, I mean, he's hilarious. What? What's? But is it not better for college football if he's at Texas doing the same thing? 
I no. think so. I, I mean, that's a much bigger platform than Ole Miss. I mean, you go to the Big 12, you challenge OU and whatnot, and you've got a bigger platform, you know, to, to do that stuff on. And then you can sit back and make fun of the SEC. If Lane Kiffin goes to Texas, I will pay each of you $100. Oh, we've got it on the pod. No, and, it and it's got to be this offseason. It's got to be this no, offseason because no, that's what y'all are no, saying. No, no, it's got to be this offseason because that's what y'all are saying. It's going to be this offseason. You just said – I didn't say it was this offseason. Caleb, did you hear that come out of my mouth? I did. Did I say it was this offseason? I, I didn't hear you say it was this offseason either. Well, All if, I heard was Cade say that if Lane Kiffin goes to Texas, he'll pay $100. I will because I, I I just I don't see it happening at this point. I mean, I think I don't think Lane Kiffin is leaving Ole Miss at least for another two years. And if he leaves Ole Miss after the after the next two years, it's going to be because he hasn't recruited. Um, and I so get fired. I just well, not that. I just think that he he will not have recruited and he'll you know feel like moving on. But I, I mean, I think he's going to recruit just because of who he is. But. I don't know. I just again, again, I go back to the thing of tell me what the spread is for the Bama game in two years, and that will tell me all I need to know about what Lane Kiffin has done and where the program is heading. I mean that that that'll tell me all I need to know. How long did Lane stay at Florida Atlantic? Um, three or four years. Yeah. Three or four years. Yeah, I mean he was there for a little bit. So, Cade Lane Kiffin, his next job. Is what? I I think his next job is Alabama's offensive coordinator. Again? No, I don't think yes. that. I think you're a hater. I think I'm not saying next year. I'm just saying that's his next job. I like, think that. I mean, here's the thing: since Lane Kiffin got fired on the tarmac at USC, I legitimately believe he every move he has made in his career has been to get to the SEC West or to some to to the SEC in general, to be a head football coach again. And I think he's finally gotten back to that point where he's a head football coach in the SEC West, the best conference, the best division in football. Uh, and I just – I don't see him running away from that. I just – I mean, I just I, I'm don't. Saying, I'm not saying that he's going to leave on his own to go from Ole Miss to the OC. I think he gets fired and goes to be the OC at Alabama. I just – Again. I, I don't yeah. see that because I just – I, I just think that, like he I mean, is, so, okay, he's got he's got to run he, he's got to run to Daddy Nick again to save his career. I, if we want to talk talk about hypothetical wins, really, y'all are sitting at the record you should be because Kentucky gifted y'all a game by showboating themselves and they and missing an extra point. Like so, y'all's record is what it is. Yeah, and we're – I mean, I thought we would have two wins at this point in the season, but, I mean, I'm not surprised by where we're at. No, but, no, let's, let's, let's be real. After Alabama, y'all thought y'all were fixing to win out. Yeah, they did. They no, thought they I, were about I, to I thought – Y'all gave your team a standing ovation. I thought, I thought after the Alabama game we were splitting uh, Auburn and Arkansas, and I thought we were losing to Texas A&M. And I thought every other game on the schedule was winnable. And I still think every game on the schedule is winnable. I, I hope you're right. If you don't win this week, 
then Lane might be the he might be the offensive coordinator at Arkansas State next year. Again, I think you're putting too much emphasis into this season because in the grand scheme of things, like here's the thing. Ole Miss has 17 blue chip players on their roster right now. Oh, don't, Four, no, no, listen, listen, that. listen. Four they're and five star recruits, 17 blue chip players. Everyone knows when Matt Luke was at Ole Miss, he did not recruit for three years. So it's not a deal where if Lane Kiffin goes two and eight this year, it's like he's on the hot seat. It's like, like so, no, he's not. Like, Matt we're going to give him also time. won five games last year and was one dumb idiot penalty yep. away from winning six. Yep. And he also, and, and I will say this, there was more apathy in that fan base than there's ever been in the 21st century in Ole Miss football, probably, because, I mean, nobody cared. I mean, it was it was to a point where we didn't so move the ball offensively. So, so, let me ask you this. You're saying Ole Miss fan base cares more about putting up – how many did y'all put up on Bama? 48? Uh, yeah, 40, 50, something. I don't know. Cares more about putting up forty eight, still getting beat sixteen, and Lane being funny on Twitter and going two and eight, than feeling than Matt Luke going five and seven really should have been six and six. So, so that's what you're telling us right now. I think because it is. that was Matt Luke's cap. Matt Luke was never doing anything more than six and six at all. If Matt Luke wanted to be a head coach, he should have gone to South Alabama, not Ole Miss. He was not an SEC head coach. Well, so we're gonna. You can't blame Matt Luke for that. He took over a situation and, and no, held I, it together. For I, you. I don't blame Matt Luke for it. I blame Ross Bjork for it. And I like. I don't like Ross Bjork. I, I was happy that he left. I blame Ross. But Bjork let's be for real. It. If Ole Miss ain't cheating, y'all ain't winning more. Than uh, so you don't get Larry Tunsil. You don't get DK Metcalf. Okay, and here's don't the thing. I, I'm not naive. I know we did stuff. But what did the NCAA prove other than that we paid a light bill and Laramie Tunsil slept on a couch? What did they prove? I, I'm still waiting to find out. I, I don't know that we'll ever find that stuff out because really because in the grand scheme of things, nobody really cares about Ole Miss football. Yep. I mean, you know. You, I mean, you could say that about Arkansas too in the grand scheme of things. We're Has Ole Miss won a national championship? Yes, they have. We they have. won it in football? Yes. When? Ole Miss has four or five national championships in football. Oh, they're on that Central Florida plan. I forgot. They are on that Central Florida <laughs> plan. They ain't won shit. They won three. I'm sorry. They won three. Uh, 59, 60, and 62. Yeah. Central Florida <laughs> just thought they were the firsts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. In the grand, here's, here's why Arkansas fans hate Ole Miss. Here's why y'all hate Ole Miss. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know the programs could not be more similar. Ole Miss and Arkansas are on the same level. No. Even when even at y'all's best when y'all were cheating, y'all still couldn't beat us. That's true. But over the course of the two programs, Ole Miss and Arkansas are pretty much equals. Uh, no. We're we're actually Everybody that puts out a top 25 college football programs of all time, we're always in the top 25. Mm -hmm. If you go back the last 20 years of Ole Miss football versus Arkansas, see who leads the series. Go back 30 years, see who's hammering the series. No, I, I I'm, think... I'm not disputing that. I mean, y'all y'all have dominated the series because Ole Miss can't win games in Fayetteville. I mean, it's so, just here's... the bottom line. But here's the thing. It, 
and this is why I think Ole Miss and Arkansas are equal. Like, there is something about Ole Miss going to Fayetteville. They just aren't going to win games. They're like 2-10 and 10 in their last 12 trips to Fayetteville. I just – I don't know what it is. They just can't win in Fayetteville. But in the last 14 games in Oxford and Little Rock, the series is tied up at 7-7 seven and seven because they're two pretty equal programs. Going on the road and being 7-7 seven and seven is not an equal program. That's us. Winning road games is hard in the SEC. Yeah, I, I 100% and we're agree. Going and doing it and y'all aren't. That's not mm-hmm. equal. That's not equal. Like y'all in Mississippi State are equal. No, no, no. No, no. You better be lucky. No. You better be lucky that Dan Mullen's still not Mississippi State or y'all would oh. really be, y'all would be the Vandy of the West. <laughs> Here's the difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Ole Miss has more money than Mississippi State. Ole Miss has more support than Mississippi State. I, like, I, I just I don't know what to tell you other than that Mississippi State is on a farm with a bunch of rednecks. Like, I mean, congrats CB. to them. You 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 wave a cowbell at games. I mean, congrats. CB. I've seen I've seen Caleb wave a cowbell. I actually have a video of Caleb waving, waving a cowbell at a Mississippi State game. Cade, I CB. have the video. Well, I've CB. always known something was wrong with him. CB, be honest. Have you been to an Ole Miss game before? Yes. Yeah, I know you've been to a Mississippi State game because we were there together. Yep. Was the Mississippi State game atmosphere not better than the Ole Miss? Oh, it was 100 times better because they were playing Alabama. Well, of I mean, course it's going to be better if they're playing Alabama. You probably went when it was Ole Miss and Arkansas and Ole Miss was crap. No, yeah, I went. Well. That's almost every year, so yeah. That is almost every year. <laughs> I mean, what do you like? What's what's the difference there? I I will say this: uh, when when Brother Hugh was there, and the freeze era was, you know, the freeze era was at its height. That place was rocking. There were some there were some phenomenal atmospheres involved. Well, in yeah, just... everybody had multiple cell phones. And then they have strippers in the locker room and stuff too. Like, I mean, they yeah. probably did. I mean, hell, I, <laughs> I mean that was the true. Club you know what? Club. We we beat Bama. T- we beat Bama back to back years and won a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I don't like freeze, but at and the it, end of the day, like fired. it's kind of. I mean, I don't like freeze. I don't ever want him to step foot on Ole Miss's campus again. But at the end of the day, like there's a part of me that's like, uh, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. But he's y'all's Bobby Petrino. Like we we know we've been there. Yeah, um, I mean, he he took the program to heights that it really hadn't been to before he was well, there. And, you know, well, here's the difference. Bobby didn't pay. True. Bobby didn't pay to get those kids. So if let, you, let, if let, you let, say so. Let's stay on Hugh Freeze. Have y'all seen what he's done at Liberty? Yeah, 6-0. and oh. Who? What job did, does Vandy hire him? Auburn. Here's, here's what I think. Here's what I think about Freeze. I think if Freeze didn't pull the crap that he pulled at the beginning of last season where he was like, I'm Hugh Freeze and I'm an attention whore. I'm going to coach in a hospital bed in a dental chair. And I think if he didn't pull that, I would be 100% on board saying he's coming back in the SEC. But I, I, there's just something about that and something about how he's carried himself since the Ole Miss thing. Like, I just – I don't think Greg Sankey and people in the SEC want him back in the league. I just, I just don't see it. Well, once once Lane Kiffin goes to Texas, 
Ole Miss is going to forgive him. They're going to bring him back. And it's going to be <laughs> no. a great reunion story. Well, I mean, there is a por- – I mean, just like y'all, I mean, there's a portion of the Arkansas fan base that will clamor for Bobby to come back every day of the year for as long as they live. I mean, there is that portion yep. of the Ole Miss fan base that's like, oh, we want Freeze back. But, I mean, we don't listen to them. They're stupid. But, you know, I, I just – I mean, maybe maybe Auburn, but I just I, – I have a hard time believing that he's coming back in the SEC anytime soon. I, I think he's more inclined to go like Big 12 or something like that. You know, I actually could see South Carolina maybe giving him a chance because they, they, they were relevant a little bit under old fun and gun, Steve Spurrier. But yeah. Old Muschamp's not got it done. Um, they he's won just enough. Yeah. He's won um, just enough. Let me let me ask y'all this, y'all. Trevor Lawrence, you're gonna if you come out, you're gonna be the number one pick. But if the number one pick is the New York Jets, do you stay in school? Yes, I'm tempted to. I mean, I, I that's that's one of the worst NFL rosters ever. Like, can you name me a New York Jet now that Le'Veon Bell is gone outside of Sam Darnold? Ooh. Uh, Jamal Adams doesn't play for them anymore, does he? Nope. 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 I can name you one. I can name you one outside of Sam Darnold. That's it. Yeah, that's more than I can name. I can Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder is their number one receiver. I can name him and I can name Sam Darnold. I cannot name anybody else. Yeah, uh, that's a thinking ship. And I, I'm I'm like NFL crazy. Like I watch every single game on Sunday ticket every Sunday, and I like I, I can't name anybody on the roster. I mean, it's it's one of the worst NFL teams I've ever watched in my life. They're worse than the Buffalo Bills were in the past. Yeah, I just if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I mean, sure, you know, go to the NFL, get your bread, whatever. But the NFL is one of those deals where, like, once you're drafted by a team and you're you know a franchise quarterback, like. 99% of the time, you don't leave that team. Like, you're stuck you gotta, with that you, team you forever. Gotta, you you got to pull an Eli Manning. I mean, I guess. I just – I don't or know. Two Super Bowls. I just uh, – I don't know. Look at Cutler. I mean, not Cutler. Sorry, not Cutler. Look at uh, Phillip Rivers and him. Yeah. He was headed yeah. to the Chargers, was he not? Now, don't, don't hate on Phillip Rivers. He, he's a Hall of Famer. I, and the thing nothing. about the Jets is I actually think Sam Darnold could be a good NFL quarterback if he had a surrounding cast. But he just has nobody. He doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have receivers. He doesn't have a running back. Like, he has not had any help since he's gotten to New York. Like, I, I think if you drop, you know, Sam Darnold in Tampa Bay after Brady retires, like – I think Tampa Bay doesn't have that much regression. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I mean, how about Tampa Bay getting Antonio Brown? How much more does Tampa Bay need now? I mean, they're just adding pieces left and right for a year. How about Des Bryant going to the Ravens? Yeah. Does Antonio Brown make Tampa Bay better? Like, is Antonio Brown going to be what he was? I mean, even in just the one game last year in New England. Well, I think I think he – creates at least enough attention if you're the third cornerback on him he's still probably better than the other team's third cornerback yeah you know uh, you know hopefully for his sake he's figured his his life out well i mean brady has kind of brought gronk back from the dead this year so i mean who's to say he can't do it with antonio brown yeah 
How about did y'all see what Jeff Garcia said to Cam Newton? Mm-mm. Told him to quit. Like he's like, if you're gonna dress like you dress, like you better start playing like a superstar quarterback. Like straight up called him out for it. That's awesome. Well, here's my here's my question with Cam Newton. Because we know, you know, Cam Newton got COVID. We know he was, you know, he was one of the ones that was symptomatic, and apparently, you know, he had a pretty bad bout with it. Do we think that he was still dealing with the lingering symptoms of COVID on Sunday, and that's no. why he was so bad? I mean, because I honestly could see that. But has Cam? I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. I mean, uh, has he been good since the Super Bowl when he got scared and wouldn't jump on the fumble? No, I mean, no, and, I mean, and then and then and then wouldn't talk to the press. But I mean, there were just glaring things out of Cam. Like, I mean, and I don't think Cam Newton is, you know, I, I agree with you that he's regressed since that Super Bowl. I don't think he's an elite quarterback by any means. But like, man, he was throwing the ball at receivers' feet from five yards away. Like, even Cam at his worst just doesn't do that. I just, I just wonder if there were some lingering. COVID effects because I mean he 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 could not throw the ball on Sunday. I mean it, it was excruciating to watch. Uh, is it is it safe to say that New England's in a rebuild? Yeah, I, mean, I think it is. They need, they need a quarterback bad. They have I mean, Jared Stidham from Auburn. Like I said, they need a quarterback bad. <laughs> <laughs> if Jared Stidham is the answer, then I don't want to know what the question is. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, I, I, I watched the guy in the SEC play for Auburn. I, I was never overly impressed with Jared Stidham. Now, granted, he's a whole lot better than uh, Dink and Duck Bo Nix, but I, mean, I just never was over overly impressed. But, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm will, scared. will, will Bo Nix ever play a down of NFL football? No, no. But. And here's the deal. And, and see, he was and a five-star recruit too, wasn't he? Yeah. He's number two quarterback in the country. But Chad freaking Morris is the QB killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick Starkle couldn't throw it to our team last year, but goes out to San Jose State and wins the game this week. Yeah. And well, threw got, it all got, over the field. Got, well, I mean, you got – look at Taj Boyd. Didn't he have Taj Boyd at Clemson? And how did his career turn out? Yeah. I mean, now, it didn't. It I, didn't. I'll say this, and here's my thoughts on Chad Morris. I think Chad Morris was actually really good at Clemson. I just think that ever since he left Clemson, like it's almost like he just forgot how to coach football because like he well, hasn't been good anywhere he's gone. He was not good at SMU. Like, and they're like, oh, he he took that program out of the dumps. Like. He went six and six, seven and five, and immediately after he was gone, but, SMU won what ten games? Yep. With other people's talent, he did. That. He won that with, uh, with an NFL receiver. Yeah. Was playing? Is he still playing for the Broncos? Corbin Tutlin. Yeah. An NFL yeah. receiver in the AAC. That's big time. Now, granted, he had Deshaun Watson make him look really good at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean. So, I don't know. Like, Chad's Chad's getting paid, though. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, at this point, the SEC is going to bail Auburn out enough to where, I mean, I think Chad's going to stay around for another year at Auburn because I, is I, Chad is Chad going to be the next coach at Arkansas State? 
Um, Better no. chance. Chad Morris to Arkansas State or Lane Kiffin to Texas? Lane Kiffin to Texas. No, Chad Morris to Arkansas State. I could see that happening. I mean, right. I, I don't know hey, that I could see it happening, but it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, you're you're the Arkansas State expert. Is Blake Anderson on the hot seat? Um, no, because they gave him a contract extension for three years, three or four years. I can't remember. Uh, but they gave him a contract extension in the off season. Now, if you're asking, should he be on the hot seat? Yes, because. I mean, at the end of the day, I just – I don't know how you can look at the program and say that it hasn't regressed over – especially the last two years. Like, man, we've gotten beat 29 and 27 in conference games this year. Like, I, it's one thing to get beat, and, and you're going to lose games. It is what it is. It's football. Like, it, you're not going undefeated at Arkansas State. It's just not going to happen. But – it's one thing to lose games. It's another thing to get beat in every single facet of the game and look completely, completely outprepared. Like, App State hadn't practiced in 22 days before game week last week, and they whipped our ass up and down the field in every facet. Like, there's no excuse for that. I just – and the recruiting classes have always started out strong, but they've never materialized. I just – I don't know how you can look at the program and say it hasn't regressed, especially over the last two or three years. I just don't know. It's been awful. And I, I you know, I just, I, I, I don't know how you I can go from beating Kansas awful, State to beat K State. But uh, let, let me throw this at you, Kate. Is it because your views on that? Is it because of people think that it should be at the Gus Malzahn, Hugh Freeze level, and Brian Harson? I, I don't even think – like, I'm not expecting 10 wins every year, but we can't even compete for a conference championship in the Sun Belt. Like, they played the they played the Sun Belt Conference Championship game now for – I don't know if this is year three or year four. We haven't gone. We haven't even been close to going. You know, like, it's one thing to go get beat by App State, whatever. But, like, we have not gone to the conference championship game. And – I mean, it's just – and we really haven't been close. I mean, we've gotten smacked by Lafayette the past two years. So, I just – I don't know how you can look at this program and say that, you know, they've improved because I think they've regressed. Now, you know, I say all that to say this. If we went out and we go on the road in a couple of weeks and Lafayette and beat them and then, you know, we're in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game at App State or Coastal or wherever it's at, like, I think my opinion changes. But right now, I just – I just – I don't know. I just don't think it's at a good spot. All right. You bring up Coastal, and we talked about it a little bit over the weekend. If Coastal's playing Ole Miss, who are you taking? Uh, Ole Miss. I agree. That's what burns me up for Coastal and for Lafayette to been ranked. Like, yes. I'm sorry. They're not a top 25 team. Hey, it's a great story. Like, good for them, you know. Yeah. But, it's not – you're not playing the same competition. Even Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is a top 25 team. But you can't tell me they're a top 10 team in the country right now. Like, I, 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 You know, I don't think they're a top 10 team, but I I think they're really good. And I think – I certainly think they're the best group of five team I've seen, team I've seen I, in the past few years. Since 2017 UCF. I, I'll give you that, but – Still, even well, I think you could even agree that UCF team 
if they're playing in the ACC, SEC week in and week out, they don't go undefeated. No, like, no. Now, I do think they have enough talent on that roster if they were playing in the ACC to go win nine or ten games. I do think that. Agreed, agreed. But not in the SEC, they're not. They wouldn't. No, year. no. I mean, but I don't know. It just kind of burns me up because you got – I mean, you got a, a program like Arkansas, and I'm a homer, but, man, we're three and one. And Okay, say we're two and two, but our two and two is better than, than Coastal's five or six and oh or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, you beat Kansas, but heck, Kansas wouldn't win the Arkansas State Championship. Bryant would beat Kansas. Right? I mean, PA would beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. Kansas would recover an onside kick. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those deals. I think it, overall, the the talent gap has lessened from Power Five to Group of Five in the last ten years. But I still think there is an apparent talent gap from the top tier of the Power Five to the top tier of the Group of Five. Like, like on a given day, like undefeated UCF is not going to be undefeated Alabama. Like, well, I just mm-hmm. you know, it's just not going to happen. And, and I think we can all say because we've all grown up on SEC football, and it's what Mike Leach is finding out. I think Joe Kahn said it, or, or some, Pat Dye, or somebody said. And the SEC, they'll slit your throat and drink your blood. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just different. I mean, like, it's not saying that there's not, like, Clemson's not – I'm not saying Clemson's not good or Ohio State's not good, but week in and week out, it's just different, you know. Well, and, and Clemson is good, but here's the thing. Like, Clemson was a 49-point favorite against uh, Georgia Tech, and then they were – a 44-point favorite against Syracuse last week. Like, that doesn't happen in the SEC. Like, even when no. Bama's even when Bama's playing a trash Vandy team, like, it's still only going to be, you know, 28 points or something like that because, like, there's not that much of a talent discrepancy in the SEC. Like, well, you take Vandy out of the picture and one through 11, 12, how many teams there are on the SEC, like, there's not that much of a talent discrepancy. Well, like I said, CB and I have went through the worst three-year stretch of Arkansas football mm-hmm. in our lives, and we still were never more than like a twenty-eight point dog. Yeah. Like, yep. I mean, as bad as we were, you know, it's still like four touchdown underdog, and that's a lot. But that that's not forty points. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, you know, it's just different, and but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes us so passionate about it. No, no doubt, because, I mean, it's 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 one of those deals where, you know, you can hate on the SEC all you want, but until you've lived it as a fan, until you've gone to games, until you see, you know, what it's like, like, you just don't get it, man. You just don't right, get you it. You don't know. And, that, and that's what burns me about the Big Ten, when the Big Ten's like, oh, we're the best conference in the land. It's like, no, you're not. Like, nobody cares about you. If you take Ohio State out of that conference, nobody cares about you. Hey, mm-hmm. what's the old saying? They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now, I I will say this. It does burn me up when, like, we're at a bowl game and fans start doing the SEC chant. Because, like, I'm, just, I, I'm not rooting for no other damn SEC team in the bowl season. Like, I don't care. Like, I just – I don't know. That's kind of how I am. I, I root for SEC. I mean, SEC all the way. I mean, that's more money for Arkansas when they win. <laughs> I mean – I 
I sure as hell wasn't rooting for LSU in the national championship game last year. I hate LSU. I'm not rooting for them just because they're at our conference. Like, I I don't believe in that theory. Now, I'll go to war for the SEC saying it's the best conference in the land every day of the week, but, like, I'm not rooting for anybody else in the conference except for Ole Miss. Like, that's, that's just how I am. So you'd rather have seen LSU lose the national championship game last year? Uh, no, not really, because I still hate Clemson. But, like, I was just – it was one of those deals where, like, I wasn't rooting for either one of them. Like, I just – I can't root for LSU. I just can't do it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. One day you'll grow up and understand why it's a good thing to root for the SEC. I mean, yeah. I know, I know the SEC is going to get money if LSU wins and they're going to get notoriety and whatever. But I, I hate LSU. I'm not rooting for them. Like, I don't care who they're playing. I hate LSU. Whatever. Hey, next time we do this, it, it, it will be pretty close to basketball getting started up. So, mm-hmm. really, if are, not, if really, already, are we going to play college basketball this year? Because nobody let's can make do, up their damn mind. Do, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do a day after the election podcast. CB. <laughs> let's do a day after the election podcast. Leading us into basketball because I'll be I'll only be three days from basketball at that time. So on November fourth, we'll do we'll do another podcast. Well, it'll be like, three days before season starts. Well, if it if it goes a certain way, like it, I don't know, we might get flagged for doing a podcast after the election if it goes a certain way. <laughs> if my my only thing on it is if Biden wins, we got to have Dustin Osman on the podcast. Will we, will we have to put an explicit label on that? No. Yes. No, I don't think you will. I don't think you will, but he, he won't be too happy. <laughs> well, he might he might need to start getting ready to not be too happy the way it's looking. <laughs> well, hey, Why possibly? Why possibly? Let's end it there, and we'll, we'll reconvene next Wednesday. Yeah. By November the way, uh, early voting in Arkansas is not terrible. I did it yesterday. It took me 35 minutes. I, I so. need to. Yeah, I need to. I'm about. To, I need to tomorrow, actually. Yeah, it's 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 not terrible. If you go around lunch, uh, it's it's not bad. So, but all right. So uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, I guess we're gonna stick that uh, Jenna Lawrence interview at the top of the podcast. So we'll put that at the top. Uh, that'll yeah, do it for us. Yeah, you put that stuff at the top. So thanks to her for hopping on. Uh, like we said, we'll do. Uh, We'll do a uh, post-election podcast Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Uh, so, until next week, uh, for Chris Brown, Caleb Livingston, I'm Kate Carlton. So long, everybody. Have a great week. Whoopig. Whoopig. See y'all.